is a fixer for making your life better than it was. Dr. Devereaux's Lucky Miracle Hand Wash will take all of your bad problems away and give you a new lease on life. Dr. Devereaux's Lucky Miracle Hand Wash is just what you need to make a life a special thing for you and your family. Dr. Devereaux's Lucky Miracle Hand Wash is on sale for the price of $7. That's right, just $7. Here and nowhere else will you find it for the $7 plus shipping and handling. Dr. Devereaux's Lucky Miracle Hand Wash for $7 plus shipping and handling. Just call 773-359-4360. A little is all you need to make big blessings flow in your life.
Elder Yokanan, your certified spiritual advisor, is here to help you with your everyday life. A specialist in wealth, a specialist in success, a specialist in love, and a specialist in good fortune. The four supernatural blessings in your life. You can reach him at Elder Yokanan, Y-O-C-H-A-N-A-N, Box 993, Chicago, Illinois, 60617. Now, here's Elder Yokanan.
Tiana Lee McQuilla. I hope I didn't butcher her last name. Um, I, okay. I just want to open up by just thanking her for putting this together, this, this beautiful deck that um, really captures hoodoo culture and, um, and, and conjure culture. So I just want to, you know, set the stage, giving her all praise for, for what she's done. Um, so I think yesterday, if, if, if we want to pick up from where I left off yesterday, um, I was kind of talking about, uh, I was comparing the hoodoo tarot to the traditional Rider weight uh, tarot and how yes. um, the hoodoo tarot really has a pretty unique twist uh, on the traditional tarot from a hoodoo perspective. So I was going through the um, the major arcana, which is called the major arcana in the Rider weight, but in the hoodoo tarot, she has renamed the majors, um, I got my book here, the elders, and how she used actually, instead of using the, the, um, the symbols of the, um, the traditional Rider weight death, she took um, elders of hoodoo in our culture and she used them as the major, the major cards, and there's 22 of them. So we were just kind of going through them yesterday, a few of them we talked about um, Black Herman, the magician. If you guys remember, we talked about him and how she used him for the magician. We talked about uh, Miss Ida, how we used, how she used Miss Ida for the high priestess and, and why she chose to use her. Um, so what we can do is we can continue on um, looking at the, the elders, otherwise known as the major arcana and the traditional Rider Waite deck, um, for those okay. that want to know about it. So, okay. like, I, like I said, this deck comes with a really great book. Um, most of the books that come with tarot, if, if anyone's familiar with, you know, when you buy a deck of tarot cards, it has a little white book, which is really completely useless if you're trying to learn. But the, the beautiful thing about the Hoodoo Tarot is that she has a, it's a simple book. It's, it's to the point, like, the chapters aren't long or anything. I, mean, I think every card is maybe two or three pages. But it really gets to um, the meaning of the card. And like I said yesterday, uh, what, what makes this deck stand out is that it's not just a deck that you can do readings with. It's also a deck that you can use if you are doing work for a client and you need to do some spiritual work, and you can use it as a way to – uh, get other information that you'll need to to know um, based off what type of work you need to do. So remember I talked about yesterday that each card has a, a biblical verse that she lined up with it. It has yeah. a root or a herb that she assigned to it. And then she goes into the actual history of the, of the person, the elder that she chose for that card. She talks about history. So, if you don't get this, even if you don't read tarot and you just want to get this, this is a piece of our history right here. This is, a, this is like really a history, a history book of, 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 of hoodoo, but it's in cards. So I, I would still, like, recommend everyone to get this deck if you can. So, um, so we're going to continue on with the elders. And the elders, like I said, replace the minor arcana. And the one that we're going to talk about now is called the Big Queen. Um, and she is, um, she would be related to the Empress. 
in the traditional tarot. Now, the empress in the traditional tarot um, really symbolizes the divine feminine presence, um, the astrological sign associated with her is Venus. So she's about, you know, everything having to do with femininity, motherhood. Usually this card will come up if um, someone may be pregnant or soon to be pregnant. Um, it has to do with creativity and fertility, um, uh, you know, aesthetics and beauty, all, all those things that we think of when we think of the feminine, the feminine nature. And okay. so what, in the hoodoo tarot, she has her as, as the big queen, she, instead of the empress, the big queen. Um, and she looks like a, a, an African or a Native woman. She, I think she's actually Indian. She's Native. And the good thing also to, to talk about that is that in this book, she also included Native American uh, culture as well, because in hoodoo, you do have some, you know, you do have that intermixing of Native American culture as well. So she did include that in here, which I thought was really good. She didn't leave that part out. Um, so in this part, in this card, the big queen, um, the scripture that she has to go with it is from Isaiah. And it says, prepare the table, watch in the watchtower, eat, drink, arise, ye princes, and anoint the shield. So... Um, I'm not, you know, when you get the book, you can read over why she chose, you know, particular scriptures and meditate on them and figure out how they relate to the card. Um, just for me reading that, um, when she, when this scripture that talks about eating and drinking, um, I get, I, I do think of the empress in that way because she's about everything that makes us feel good, you know, makes us feel alive and um, and healthy and love food and drink and all that. So I can kind of see where maybe she, you know, she chose that particular scripture. Um, and so the plant that she has to go with this is the Jezebel root from, uh, or the Louisiana iris, which I think is very telling. Um, a lot of the herbs in this book, I, I mean, I won't say a lot, but some of them I was not actually aware of, but the Jezebel root I am very familiar with. I have it. And it really works if you are a woman um, and if you um, are in a business that requires high-paying clients, put it that way. Um, and so it'll, it'll, it'll bring you high-paying high clients if you're in certain industries where you need that, that, type, of, uh, you know, that type of clientele. So it does, it does work for that. Um, and so uh, I'm going to read just a little bit about the big queen. Uh, and she has, she talks about the cards, and she says, uh, a carnival Indian queen smiles as she displays her black, ha black hawk bucket. And she talks about Black Hawk. Uh, he lived from 1767 to 1838, and he was a leader of the, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this the right way, Stalk and Fox tribe. So he was Native American. I have heard of Black Hawk in Hoodoo, this Native American spirit or man. I don't know anything about him, um, but I have heard of him, and he was a powerful warrior, uh, known for his bravery and resisting colonial entrenchment on his land and his way of life, um, and she talks about that, and then she says, today many spiritualists and root workers in Louisiana 
and beyond work with Black Hawk to ensure victory against their enemies. Um, and then she talks about how um, when this card shows up in a reading, it says, when the big queen appears in a reading, you are being asked to consider your roots and your roots in regards to your mother wit. So wisdom is another, is another meaning of the uh, Empress card. And she says, what would your ancestors say about whatever is going on in your life? What advice would they give? How would they handle the situation? The wisdom of our mothers is the portal to our past. So she talks about more about, you know, when this card comes up, um, it's about tapping into mother wisdom, the wisdom of the wisdom of your matriarchal line, those type of ancestors. Um, and then she has some questions about eat, drink, and she has it in here, eat, drink, and be merry, you know, that all of that type of uh, spirit that we associate with the feminine, um, you can understand with this card. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, and it's a beautiful card. And like I, you were saying yesterday, if you look into this card, you, if you just look at it, you see, you know, the big queen, and then you see Black Hawk, a small picture of Black Hawk in the in the card as well. And um, <clears throat> like you were saying yesterday, with these cards, if you look into them, you can see other spirits in these, in these cards. Uh, the deeper that you look into them, the more you will see pop out out of these cards. And it, that's why these cards are also good to meditate with. Because when you get into a meditative space with them, all kinds of things will, will come through. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the the next card we're going to look at is the Emperor. So the Emperor in the it's it's called the Emperor in the traditional Rider Waite deck, and just like the Empress, the card the card before was the Divine Feminine. The Emperor is the Divine Masculine. Um, and so with the Emperor, we think of masculinity, we think of strength, we think of structure. Um, being rational, being logical, uh, being stable, all of those concepts that we think of in, in the masculine energy. Um, rulership, dominion, all of that type of stuff. And so instead of, of course, calling the card the emperor, she called the card, or she used John Horse, a man named John Horse. And... Um, mm-hmm. He's a pretty he's a pretty cool looking guy, you know. He's 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 got his turban on and he looks like he's 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 African. He has a gun in his hand and there's some other stuff going on in the picture. And the verse that she used to go with uh the emperor or John Horse is where there is no guidance a people falls, but in the abundance of counselors there is safety. So I can kind of see where, why she chose, this is Proverbs 11:14. I can kind of see why she chose this scripture to go with that because the emperor is one that gives guidance and direction and leadership to a people or to a situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and, the, and the plant that she, or the herb or root that she uh, assigned was cypress. Now I've never, I've heard of cypress. I've never worked with it. I don't, I don't know anything about it, but I'm sure there's a good reason why she chose that. And, again, it's like as you study this book um, and you come across a root or herb that you're unfamiliar with, and it's good to actually research it and see maybe why she chose it. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, so she talks about John Horse, and she says, John Horse 
1812 to 1882, a.k.a. Juan Caballo, was born into slavery in Florida. Not much is known about his early life, but he became a leader of the Seminole Indians and participated in the Second Seminole War, which prior to the war in Vietnam was the United States' only non-victory. And it talks more about what, he, you know, what he's done. Um, but also in the card, you'll see a man in the back, in the background. Like I said, when you, if you get this deck, you've got to look at the, 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 the work in the background. And I just want to say, I want to say again, the artwork was done by a woman named Kat, uh, Catalina or Caitlin V. Vossi. She did a great job. Um, but in the back of this particular card, you'll see a man holding his hands up. And when I saw this card, I said, look, who is this man? You know, he looks like he was some kind of spiritual man or, or preacher or spiritualist. I don't know. Um, but it says in the book um, that, that the man in this picture uh, was his spiritual guide and mentor. He was a Creek medicine man and prophet named um, Abika Hobjo. And I know I'm not, I'm butchering that name. And he lived from 1760 to 1860. Um, not much is known about him, but he basically was the spiritual advisor to John, to John Horse. Um, so those two kind of worked together. John Horse was kind of the muscle, and he was kind of the, you know, his spiritual guide in the background, what I get. Mm. Um, and she also goes on to talk about when you do a reading, and this card comes up. Um, it says, when John Horse appears in a reading, you are being asked or be, you are being advised to take charge or whatever is going on in your life. This is not a time for self-doubt or weakness of any kind, for if you indulge in these emotions too long, you are certain to lose more than you can imagine. The odds may be tough, but John Horse teaches us that no matter how great the odds are against you, victory is still achievable. And you can always, like, learn something from these cards. You know, like, if a person is going through a difficult time, like, we, you know, a lot of us are going through now, you know, mm-hmm. You can pull this card and you can meditate on, you know, John Horse, and and you can tap into his strength and and his and his uh, power to overcome challenges and everything. So there's just so many ways that you can use this deck. Um, and then she goes on to say, if you receive John Horse in a reading, consider the following: effective leadership requires wise counsel and up-to-date information. Are you following the right leaders or elders at this stage in your journey? Um, how do you protect yourself from an attack? Um, uh, you know, stop whining and fight. So this card is really about empowering people, empowering you, empowering um, anyone against whatever challenges they find themselves in. So it's, it's, a, it's a really good card, the emperor. Okay. Um, right. So we're going to – the next card, and at Papa, any time you want, you can interrupt me and – ask me something or whatever. I'm just going to kind of go with it. Um, the next card is the Hierophant. We already kind of talked about that yesterday where we, she chose Bishop C. Mason, and he's the uh, chief apostle and founder of the Church of God in Christ. So we talked a lot about that yesterday. So we're going to skip over that, and we're going to go to the next card, which is uh, called the Lover's Card in the Traditional Tarot. 
So I know a lot of people have seen the traditional lover's card um, in the in the Rider Waite deck. It's an angel, and there's a man and a woman on each side, and the angel seems like he's bringing these two together um, in yeah. like a, a divine in a divine relationship. Um, the astrological sign that governs that card is Gemini. Um, and I, you know, I won't get into all the specifics of that, but you can study that on your own because Gemini is a dual sign and there's a lot of duality here. And believe it or not, um, the lover's card in the, in the traditional kind of meaning, it can mean love, but it really doesn't mean love. It means choice. It usually is traditionally thought of as a choice, you know, people having to choose, you know, what person they want to be with, but, but anything in their life that they have the power to make a choice. But when most people think of the lovers, they do think of, you know, a, a relationship, you know, an intimate relationship. So, so what she did is she took the lover's card and she coined it courting which I thought was really great. Um, In this picture, in this card, you'll see uh, the figure of a man and a woman. They're holding hands, and they're walking down this country road, and on either side of them are two women, um, you know, like chaperones, like, you know, kind of watching them. Because, you know, traditionally, back in the day, you know, when, when people wanted to court, you know, it wasn't like today where people just do whatever they want. You know, they had chaperones and people were watching them. And so I kind of, I like that old school, that old school kind of flavor that she brings to this deck too. You know, this, this is how it was like back in the day, if you, if you were dating someone's daughter, you just didn't take her out, you know, wherever you had to come to the house and court her the right way and, and all that. So when I look at that card, that's what I see. I see two people holding hands, and on either side there's, you know, uh, these, these elder women, and they're, you know, they're watching to make sure that he behaves himself. So the the, the verse that she used for this card is uh, for where, for there are three that testify, the spirit and the water and the blood, and these three agree. And I can kind of see where she, why she chose that, because in the traditional lover's card, it's a really about the man and the woman and the angel that bring them together in this, in this union. It's like a union of all three of them. So it's saying mm-hmm. basically that, you know, it, it's the divine forces that bring people together. It's not just them. It, it's a higher power. So I can kind of see where she, why she used that with, you know, with the, with the spirit and the water and the blood um, from the, it's first uh, John five, seven through eight. And the plant she used is squash leaves. Now I have no idea why she used squash leaves. Papa, do you know anything about squash leaves? I, I don't know nothing about squash leaves. <laughs> <laughs> oh, squash leaves are just like pumpkin leaves. They are, uh... well, there's something about them. These things bring people together, too. Squash mm-hmm. leaves bring people together. Yeah, lovers or something like that. But, it, you know, it's something good. Something they get. They don't do yeah. anything wrong. It's something good. But it's, it's well, it's like pumpkin leaves. You can uh-huh. eat them. You can do all kinds of stuff with them. 
But squash means are definitely a good sign between two people. Yeah, that's 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 what I kind of figured. Like I said, I don't know anything about it, but I knew it had some significance to this card. So, um, in the image, a couple is walking down the road. They are holding hands. They are oblivious to the judgment of the two elders watching them. So, just like in the original tarot, where, where you have the angel that's kind of watching them and putting them together. Here she has the two elders that are that have taken the place of the angel, which I thought was uh, so good. Um, and then it says uh, uh, they are oblivious to the judgment of the two elders watching them because they're so into each other. It's clear yeah. from her facial expression that the woman's grandmother isn't as enthused about the match as his appears to be. So I guess one of the women, there's two old women, one is the man's grandmother and one is the woman's grandmother. So so both of their families are, you know, someone for their, both of their families are there to supervise this whole thing. Um, Uh And then she goes on to say that um, uh, there used to be a time, and I'm reading this right from the book, there used to be a time when people understood the distinction between dating and courting. Dating was a lighthearted activity that gave a man and a woman a chance to get to know each other. Not only was it perfectly fine to call on different people, but it would be considered unwise not to keep one's options open. However, when the two people decided they wanted to see each other exclusively, that's when the courtship stage began. The goal, the goal of courtship was not to have a companion for years, as it is common nowadays, the goal was for marriage. That being the case, the courtship was taken very seriously and had to include the input of family members and close friends to determine the worth of such an investment. So um, she really kind of goes into, again, the culture uh, of, of how, how this used to be, you know, where uh, if, if you wanted to date, that's fine. You could, It was very casual. You took a girl to a park or whatever, you know, or people, it was very casual. But when people wanted to date exclusively, that was courtship, and the goal was always to get married. So I, I really like the, the history in, in this card. Um, and then she says, if it comes up in a reading, if you're doing a reading for someone and this card comes up, um, some of the questions that it may answer uh, is you know is is this is the passion love and desire reciprocal? Uh, what if you what if you commit fully to this? You know, um, it really it, it's going to ask you a lot of questions. Like, are you ready for this type of serious relationship? What does your family think about this person? Um, you know, are you actually prepared to make a serious commitment in your life? Do you have your finances in place? Do you have you know are are you are you you know, mentally and spiritually ready, you know, to actually take on another person in your life and, and, and you know, and, and open that whole door up. So it can ask a lot of questions in a reading about the seriousness of where a relationship may want to go to if the two people want that. Oh. Um, so that, yeah, it's a really good card. Um, hmm. Okay. So, moving right along, the next card is 
known as the chariot. The chariot in the Rider Waite deck is um, a man, and he's on a chariot, and he's driving. He's driving these char- this chariot, and there's a black and a white horse that he's trying to, uh, you know, that he's riding. And there's a lot of symbolism in the Rider Waite, the original. Like there's all this Egyptian symbolism. There, there there's a ton, and, and you, you could. Some people just study the, the symbols and the tarot, and they never actually get to reading with it. You can just study it. Um, but this card in the Rider Waite deck, uh, the astrological sign that it refers to is Cancer, I believe. Um, and it kind of makes sense because Cancer um, is a sign that really wrestles with con- uh, controlling their emotions. So just like a chariot, when a when a person's you know driving a chariot, um, you gotta you gotta be in control, you know you gotta steer it on you know in the middle path. You can't let it go over to the side and run off the the, the road and everything. And cancer, one of their biggest, from my understanding, challenges is is keeping their emotions straight. So I can kind of see where <clears throat> um, they some people would ascribe cancer to this card. But basically, if you think about the chariot, it's about, you know, having control, having control as you move through life, as you move through situations, um, and that's mostly self-control, making sure you don't fly off, you know, the track when life starts to throw stuff at you, that you are able to maintain that composure. Um, And it also can, when I do reading, sometimes it comes up as – someone that's just purchased a new car because the chariot is a vehicle. Uh, it's an old vehicle for getting around places. So I've done readings where this will come up as, you know, someone just bought a new car or someone um, may, sometimes it comes up where someone takes a trip, but not really, mostly if they bought a new car or if they need to like uh, really move forward with things, they may be stuck in an old relationship or stuck in a job, and when this card comes up, it's like, okay, take the reins in your hand and and start to, like, move forward. It's time for you to to get on your horse and move forward. So what she did is instead of calling it the chariot, she called it Railroad Bill. Papa, do you know who Railroad Bill is? I have no idea who who, who he is until I got this book. I, I don't. Have you ever heard of him? Yes, I have. He was a well, well around the 1800s, the mid 1800s. He was a very well known mm-hmm. person, very well known. Mm. And this, this thing is, it is true when it talks about him. It's really, really true about him fighting and stuff like that. He was a man, a a real man, and mm. because of. He got to be well when she took railroad bill. It was some. It was something very, very strange because I don't know. She didn't. Well, I guess she did. She she did because there, there's nothing about railroad bill that that we know. You don't know his name. You don't know where he was born. You don't know. You don't right. know anything about him. Except that he lived, that's all. And but that thing, at least, you know, 
the thing that he does here is something very great, something which people need to think about. And it helped it helped with uh, his whole his whole outlook. Okay, do you understand that? Yeah, yeah, I I do understand it um, from what you're saying. Um, and like she, in whatever you, what you're saying, she confirms in her book that um, they don't even really know when he was born. Uh, no. They maybe question, but they think he maybe died around 1896. They don't know for sure. He don't, they don't know for sure. Yeah. You know, records weren't kept on us and stuff like that. But the uh, the verse, the biblical verse that she has is another psalm, which is Psalm 108 and 13. Uh, With God we shall do valiantly. It is he who will tread down our foes. And that's that's a classic psalm to use with railroad build a chariot. And um, in the card, she actually has a train, and she has, you know, a picture of, you know, what's supposed to be railroad bill on the, on the train. And so uh, what she – and the plant that she used is maca. Now, I have heard of maca, maca root uh, used for health purposes. Um, yeah. I think it, it actually increases uh, the libido um, in, yeah. in men and women. So I can kind of see where maybe um, if you think about a train and you think about, you know, that whole energy, you know, fast-moving train, a lot of, lot of muscle and everything and a lot of force, I can kind of see where maybe that would match up with the massa, you know. Um, so, so what she says here is uh, railroad bill was a laborer with no clear path as his name, place of birth, and many other details about his life remain a mystery. What we do know is that the authorities claimed he was a man named Morris Slater, and we know the hell he put them through. It all started in 1894 when Bill was employed as a turpentine worker in Bluff Springs, Florida, when after an altercation, he exchanged gunshots with a deputy. The cause of the, of the row has been lost to some, but it was from that day on that he became an outlaw. Bill committed train robberies and engaged in fatal gunfights with lawmen and bounty hunters who traveled from all over the country to collect the substantial, the substantial bounty that was on his head. Bill usually rode along the Louisville and Nashville Railroad in southern Alabama. Naturally, the daily reports of a Negro desperado gunning down white men sold a lot of newspapers. And it didn't take long before a folk hero, a.k.a. to Robin Hood, was born. So he was, I can imagine for that day and time, you know, the idea of this, you know, like she said, a, a a black desperado, you know, gunning down white men and robbing train, robbing train, just like an outlaw. He was a badass. Like nobody could take him down. You know, um, I, that must have been something. Um, and then it says here, according to members of the black community at the time, Bill used his special powers as a conjure man to avoid capture by transforming himself into a fox. To throw dogs off his off his trail, he became the personification of the clever trickster, who appears in both indigenous American and African folklore. So much so that his legend continued to grow well in the 20th century. So he became known 
as a, a trickster spirit because, you know, the law couldn't get, catch him. Nobody could catch him. The bounty hunters couldn't catch him. And right. he was like that trickster spirit, kind of like, um, I don't know, they talk about Papa Legba and some of the mother tricksters. So he kind of yeah. had that spirit about him. So um, the meaning of the card says when Railroad Bill turns up in a reading, you are being encouraged to increase your efforts to ensure victory. It's a reminder of the characteristics that, re- that are required to win, confidence, determination, discipline, persistence, and assertiveness. Now is the time to adopt a take-no-prisoners attitude towards anybody or anything that attempts to get in our way. If you are not aggressive or ambitious by nature, then this card is warning you to toughen up or risk the loss of what you work so hard for. So it's really a card that says, like, look, you got to, like, basically it's time for you to start running over people. You know, that, 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 that's what I get with this card. Just like a train, just like a train, you got to run over people, you got to toughen up, and you got to do what you got to do. So, uh, uh-huh. yeah, that's real world bill for you. That uh-huh. is real world bill. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, well, we're going to have a commercial. So you all hold on, hold on, just a moment because we've got to we got to speak a few words for somebody, somebody whom we need. We have got to talk about them. Okay. All right. Is your success flying away from you? Is your money gone before you get it? Then you need a miracle from Almighty God. Elio Conan is your certified spiritual advisor. He helps with all spiritual and metaphysical problems. No matter how big or how small, God uses Elio Conan to get rid of them all. Elio Conan can look at the muddy water of the sea and see dry land, the good life, here and far away too. Elio Conan helps married people and their children. He takes them off the streets, off the Bible, off of drugs and out of jail. Elio Conan doesn't use tarot or crystal ball. He uses the hand of Almighty God to see yesterday, today, and tomorrow to help you in your everyday life. Elio Conan gets you out of trouble and puts you into the favorite life of peace, prosperity, and paradise. Have no further questions. Then contact Elio Connor at 1-800-ASK-KING, extension 055-9865. That's 1-800-ASK-KING, extension 005-9865. 1-800-ASK-KING, extension 055-9865. Remember, there is no problem too big or too small. God Elio Connor to get rid of them all. Okay, that is good. Now, what's the next one we are we're gonna look at? Okay, so the next card in the Elders or the Major Arcana is the Strength card. So it's called Strength in the uh, Rider Weight deck, um, and this is a card where it's a woman. And she's wrestling a lion. 
Let me see if I can find it here. So I got my Rider Waite deck right here. Um, this is probably one of my favorite cards, actually, in the in the entire tarot deck. It's a woman, and she she has a she's it, well, she's wrestling a lion, but she's not really wrestling it. She's just gently closing the mouth of the lion. She's she, you know she's just gently the lion's kind of roaring, and she's just you know gently closing its mouth, saying you know you're not going to be roaring next to me. I'm not afraid of you. So this strength card has a lot of meaning. Um, it talks about uh, inner strength for one thing because it, this is uh, it's a woman and she's closing the mouth of a lion. So it's not really talking about physical strength to do this. It's more of an inner strength, an inner um, fortitude, an inner perseverance um, with, that this card kind of talks about. Having a, you know, sometimes with women, um, we can, there's a strength that we have in our gentleness. There's a strength that we can have in our gentleness, and that's what this card really talks about. It's not talking about brute force. It's not talking about knocking somebody up the head, out, you know, up the head or anything like that. It's just a, it's a gentle strength. So um, the, the, the verse that she, she used with this card is, it says, it's from Colossians 1.11, may you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, which I thought was perfect to go with this card. Uh, the plant that is used is chamomile. Now, chamomile is a is a small. I'm sure y'all know what it is. It's a small, like flower, white flower, white petals and a little yellow center. Um, chamomile is you. It, it the the how I understand it is that it's a it's a very delicate looking flower. It looks very delicate looking, but it does pack a punch for what you want to use it for. So, like, chamomile is given, like, for children to, you know, induce sleep. If they're, you know, if you want to put a child to sleep, you give them some chamomile tea, and it will knock them out. And, and it's, a, it's a little flower, but it's very powerful. So that's, that's kind of how I understand how chamomile relates to this card. Um, so in this card, this is the person that she has in the hoodoo tarot, I don't think this woman, it's a very beautiful picture. It's this dark-skinned sister, and she's kind of holding back a, a puma instead of a lion. In the, in the right weight, she's holding back an actual lion. But in the hudu tarot, she's kind of holding back gently a puma. And I love this card. I mean, she, she, she's just her, she, she's a darker-skinned woman, and you see her eyes, and she's just, she's calm. You know, this, this puma's kind of, roaring a little bit, but she's just got her hand on it, and she's, she's cool. And what this made me think about also is just the strength of black women um, and, and how we, um, we've had to overcome so much, but we still have, um, we, we just got that inner strength, you know. And when I saw this card, I said, she nailed it with this card. You know, when, when all hell is breaking out, like, we just have a way of just going in the situation and taking care of it. Um, and so she says in the card, uh, a woman poses with a powerful puma. She trusts it, and it trusts her. And then she talks about how, um, you know, we are all, you know, as women, we're all strong pretty much. But um, she just talks about how we can embody that strength 
Um, it says, when strength comes up in a reading, you are being asked to consider how you will access the inner strength needed to overcome any obstacle in your path. This is not a card of brute force, but one of subtlety, patience, and endurance. It's a reminder that you have what it takes to triumph over whatever may be troubling you if you don't push too hard and act like a fool. So I do like how she put that in, like, if this card comes up, it's not about you being assertive. It's not about you taking charge like that. It's really about you just being confident and being calm and knowing that uh, um, you can, you know, work through and overcome whatever you need to. Um, so it's some of the questions that she asked or some of the, uh, the things to consider when this card comes up in the reading. She says, are you strong enough to be compassionate? That's a strength. A lot of people don't think it, but, but to be compassionate, compassionate is, a very, is, a, is, a, is very hard to do. So that's an actual inner strength that this card talks about. Can you be humble? That's a strength to be humble. It is so hard to be humble because the ego is always, the ego is always trying to, you know, uh, break free. And in the strength card, the lion actually does represent the ego. The, the ego, um, the lion is, can be symbolic of ego and the lower nature, the animal nature of a person and how we have to constantly keep that lower nature in check. But the way that we keep it in check is by not, you know, not going over the top, but just by tapping into our inner strength, being patient with ourselves, being patient with others, being humble, having compassion, um, that, that, those type of qualities. Um, then she says, uh, what else is she saying here? Don't give up. You can do it. That's, you know, one of the things to think about. But you do it, how do you do it? You do it one step at a time. You do it in a gentle way, um, just knowing that you have spirit that has your back that can get you through it. So this is why this is one of my favorite cards in the Rider Waite deck, but even in her, her deck, she did a really good job on it um, with that card. So that's the strength. Okay. Okay. Um, So the next card is the Hermit card. The Hermit card in the Rider Waite. And it's a card with a man. He's got a long cloak on. He's carrying a lantern. You can't really see his face. Let me see if I can find him here. You can't see his face. He's on this high mountain. And he's just kind of by himself. So the, the name is pretty self-explanatory. Um, the hermit card is about solitude. It's about withdrawing from, you know, the hustle and bustle of everyday life, going into a quiet place, uh, meditating, um, and just pulling away so that you can find your own truth. So... The person, the elder that she used to represent the hermit is Dr. Grant. Now, we might have talked about him yesterday, but I'm just going to go through him again real quick. So yeah. Dr. Grant was, um, I think, Papa, you know about Dr. Grant, right? Yeah, I know about him. Yeah, I know yeah. personally about him. <laughs> yeah. 
So, um, Hello? Go ahead, Papa. No, I was saying Dr. Grant was a, he was a person that you could not, well, he was a person you should know. You should know because uh, Dr. Grant was a person who could, uh, well, he was he was a swamper too. He was a swamper too. Mm-hmm. You know, which is something that I go for because I'm called a swamper. Because right. Dr. Grant, yeah, Dr. Grant picked out his own herbs and his own. He did. Dr. Grant did it all himself. Mm-hmm. And because of that, no one could do anything to him because he was mm. always himself. He was always by himself, always in the wild, always in the swamps, always, you know, when a person wanted to find him, they had to go out, they had to go out in, the, in the swamps and search for him. He wasn't nowhere where he could be found. They had to search for him. And when they did, he always, he always had something to teach them or to show them or to really bring out to them. And so, well, well, anyway, Dr. Grant was a good man. He was a good man. Mm-hmm. Okay, go on. Uh, go on. Yeah, so um, Dr. Grant was a swamper. That's uh, that's an old hoodoo term where, you know, a person, um, if they're a worker, a root worker, a conjurer, they're not buying their roots and herbs, you know, Online, or they're not, you know, going to no uh, store to some shop, some botanica to buy them. They go out, you know, into the swamp, into the wilderness to get their stuff. Um, yeah. And so the the scripture the scripture that um, applies to this card is uh, Luke five and sixteen, which says, "But he, Jesus, would withdraw to desolate places and pray." So the the hermit card is about you know going to those those off-the-beaten-track places. You know, you're alone, you're out in the woods, you're just taking that time to withdraw and kind of go into your cave and, 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 and meditate and follow your inner voice. Like, you're not trying to be around people. You're not trying to be up in the mix. You know, you, you're really a solo. You're, you're, you're kind of a lone wolf. That's, that's who the hermit is. And so um, – she has here that Dr. Grant was a Protestant conjure doctor from New Orleans. Um, and then it says, unfortunately, the details of his life are unknown. By the time Zora Neely Hurston interviewed Dr. Grant and others in the 30s, many conjure doctors were using herbs and other supplies from catalogs. Dr. Grant, however, was a proud swamper who preferred to do things the old-fashioned way by gathering what he needed in the wild. Dr. Grant reminded Hurston of a few critical but often forgotten lessons. And these are his lessons. One, believe in one's limitless power. Two, petition spirits unequal to man. And three, no more than one way to get a job done. And four, acknowledge that no two people or jobs are alike. Because a remedy that works for one person may not work for another. And that is so true in hoodoo. There's, you know, yeah. uh, the recipe changes 
depending on the person, depending on the circumstance. You know, yeah. there's not one fit all recipe like you know a lot of these uh, these these spell books that people are getting now. They're going to buy these spell books and they got a spell to do this, and that's not how hoodoo is. It's a living tradition, and it's and it's like when a doctor writes a prescription for a patient. You know, he has to take into account everything about that patient, and he has to tailor that prescription to that that to, to that person. And that's what hoodoo is. That's that's really how it is. And I think that was good that she put that in there about Dr. Grant because he's he's got his own way. He gets his own. He's a swamper. He gets his own stuff and he does it his own way. And that that's right. that's what this card's about. So um, it says. Um, if you receive Dr. Grant in a reading, if you're doing a reading and this card comes up, consider the following. Uh, do you understand the importance of alone time? Maybe it would be better to stay home tonight. Silence is golden. Be in the world but not of the world. Where does that sound familiar? Um, meditate more. Uh, pay more attention to your guru or spiritual counselor or follow your inner voice. So that's what the hermit's all about, you know, just following your inner voice. You ain't concerned what other people are doing. You you run on your own track. Right. Right. Yep. Well, um, let's see what else we got here. Anything else, Papa, you want to add to that? or? Well, Dr. Grant was a, he was a good man. Man, mm-hmm. so I tell you one thing, he he shocked it. You be shocked. In fact, you think he gonna, you think one thing gonna happen one way? Shoot, that thing will turn totally, <laughs> totally around. It will totally, totally turn around. In fact, I got to plant that on that uh that duckweed. Yeah, that duckweed. Mm. Something which would turn stuff around. It was you duck think it's gonna okay. get, you think it's gonna come around one way, shoot, that duckweed would really was messing around. He was really messing mm. really messing. And the thing about him is that by him being a swamper, nobody could really know him. They he couldn't really say, you know, Dr. Graham was this or Dr. Graham was that. Because he would, well, he would just change. He would just change. You, you thought it was one way, and another, another way would come mm-hmm. out. Thought he'd do one <laughs> thing, he'd do another. That's all. He was, he was just, he was just totally different from me, what any man thought. Just totally different. Well, that's, well, that's what I know from him. That's what I know from him. Mm. And I was a I was a boy, but he was a, he was truly something else. He was truly something else. Because in those days, you went to go see a reader or a root worker, just like you would go see see something else. And um, mm-hmm. I'd go and read, I'd go and whip him and whatnot, but, you know, it's just something. He would just fascinate me. You just fascinate me. There was one thing that I did like of him, and that was that 
two jobs or two people were not alike. Yeah. You had yeah, a hoodoo person, a hoodoo worker, had to know how to do stuff. He had to know how to do stuff because what you thought would work for one person did not work for this other person. It didn't work for me. It worked another way would work, but it wouldn't work. It wouldn't work mm-hmm. for him. So you had to know something. You had to know something. And this man, he would just look at you, and he could tell you. He could tell you. Mm. Because, because, I don't know, because of your eyes, he could look at you <laughs> and tell. But you need, yeah, he could look at you. He could look at your eyes and tell. You need this. You need that. You you think, well, I'm just sick. I'm, you know, I just get you. <laughs> there ain't nothing. There ain't nothing you you thought you would need, but you don't know it. You don't know it. And well, that was the that was the best thing about him. That was what I remember about mm. him. So was that he would use he would use two or three or four different things. You know, and you you think it was the same thing a person had. Well, a lot of times people mm-hmm. had the same problem. He had he had four, four, three or four different ways of handling it. You see, and that was mm-hmm. that would stop most of the people who would try to figure him out or something like that. He was just he was just a special man, just just such a. And the thing about him, the thing about him that I liked was the fact that he was a swamper. He was a swamper. He was somebody that got up early in the morning, went out in the swamp, and got some stuff. Mm-hmm. And you you thought that he, would, he was going to come back with something? Well, he, he did come back with some, some, some stuff. He did come back. And we, you want to know who the stuff was for? It was for you. You thought right. it was the stuff. You thought it was for somebody else. It was for you that he used it for. But I ain't gonna talk about him forever. I ain't gonna talk, talk about him forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So go on with it. Go on with it. Okay. All right. So now we're we're moving on to um, Aunt Caroline. I love me some Auntie. I love Aunt Caroline. Um, I did know about her a little bit uh, before um, I read about um, her in here I, because I, I, I knew of her and I, I, I did some research on her because I was fascinated that she was a diviner. She, was a, she read cards. And as a uh-huh. card reader, anyone that, you know, that also reads cards, I'm, I'm interested in, especially in hoodoo. So, the card that she represents is the Wheel of Fortune. The Wheel of Fortune in the Rider Waite, it's a wheel. It's, it's, it's a pretty mystical-looking card in the Rider Waite. It's a wheel, and you see these four creatures in the four corners of the card. And a lot of the, the thing a lot of people don't know is that the Rider Waite deck has a lot of biblical symbolism in this, in this deck. It's, there's a ton of it. In the Wheel of Fortune, you have the four creatures. You have four creatures in the corners of the card, which represents the four living creatures, I think, in the book, the book of Ezekiel. 
where it talked about the wheel within a wheel, if you all are familiar with that. And this is, this is drawing off that. So there's a wheel, there's the four living creatures, and then there's inside the, the wheel you see the word Torah. You see the word uh-huh. Torah in there, and, and then you see the word Rhoda, which I believe means wheel as, as well. And that's, why yeah. I, and that's why I'm saying, like, I don't know why some people think that the right of weight is demonic, and it, it's really not. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of biblical symbolism in this deck. And so with the Wheel of Fortune, why does it have Torah in there? It talks about the laws, the, the laws of the universe, the things. It really talks about fate, uh, things that we cannot change, um, uh the, the, the cycles and the seasons of, of, of how the, the planet, you know, works. Um, it, the, the wheel of fortune is, is, is also about change. It's basically saying that, like, we all ride this wheel, and we're all going to go through, we're all going to find ourselves in different circumstances, but just like we go through them, we move through them, we'll come out of them too. So it's about change and, and destiny. There's certain things that you have to go through. Um, as a person, and so the, the the wheel of fortune talks about some of those things. So the the scripture that she has to go with it is there's a time for everything, and a season for every action under the heavens, and that that's that's perfect. Uh, now the plant that she has to 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 go with that is hickory. Um, I, I don't know too much about hickory. <laughs> I don't really know much about it. Um, what do you know about it, Papa? Well, hickory, they use hickory for barbecues, so, but hickory is hard. Hickory is a mm. hard wood. Yes, it is. It is an enduring wood. You can use hickory to do anything you want to do. So mm. with the hickory, you can you can bring somebody to you, throw somebody away or whatever. Because hickory, hickory is a hard. It is hard. It is, it is like a. When I want, it is like a petrified wood. Hickory is, and uh, mm. that hickory. The smoke. The smoke does more. Than the wood itself by burning the smoke, you can move so many things. You can move so many mm. things. Yeah, but the smoke, the smoke is something which is, well, to barbecue, you have to burn hickory to to the point where it starts smoking. And you can't just put it on a fire. Oh, no. You got to leave it there and make it go. Well, that's what, that's what she was talking about. That's, that wheel of fortune is like hickory. It, it it has to start burning, but it keeps on burning. Then, then, mm. come out. Yeah, yeah. Then the powers come out. Wow, I never thought about that. I never thought about that. And that's the thing is like uh, when you when you if you're familiar with the the actual plant that she um that she links it up with, you can think about the plant and the herb and see how it ties to the meaning of the card. So I would have never went in that direction, but that makes a lot of sense, Papa, now that you say it. It makes a lot of sense. So um, Carolina Dye 
Caroline Dye was born in 1843. She died in 1918, a.k.a. Aunt Caroline. She was born into slavery in South Carolina before being relocated along with her parents to Arkansas. Um, after being freed in 1865, she married and began her work as a cardamancer. Playing cards were her speciality. Aunt Caroline had been aware of her psychic gifts as a child, and she quickly earned a reputation as an effective and reliable counselor. Her clients were racially diverse, and it was not uncommon to see entire train cars of people disembarking in Newport to seek out her services. So she was really good. She, you know, whenever I see yeah. a reader, especially if they're black, if they have white people coming to them too, you know they're good. I mean, they can get all kinds of people coming to them. So she knew her stuff. She had the gift. Um, it says she sold meals to the crowds of people who waited for her, and she invested in land and property with the money she earned. There is also a legend that she buried a, a, cash, a, a stack of gold somewhere in the area. After her death, many people tried to find the treasure but were unsuccessful. Um, and it says, Aunt Caroline's skill and amazing rags to riches story were two reasons why she became a legend. When Aunt Caroline appears in a reading, it is an indication that fate is a factor regarding whatever you are inquiring about. Rack your brain about what you or someone else could have done differently if you like, but the truth is everything turned out exactly how it was supposed to. This can be a very hard pill to swallow in an age where people want to believe their thoughts and choices always dictate, dictate outcomes. The existence of a greater plan is not a welcome concept today because it implies vulnerability, which is automatically translated into weakness in the minds of many. So when this card comes up, it's like, this is what it is. There's really nothing you can do to change it. It may change on its own, you know, in the course of time, but things are kind of set in motion, like that wheel. Once that wheel gets, gets, gets spinning and things get set in motion, some, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes you can't, there's nothing you can do. Yeah. And you just got to ride it out. You just got to ride it out. And so um, she says here, the card may also be trying to tell you to understand why things are happening or why they turned out the way they did. You must consider the big picture. Mm -hmm. So that's, uh, I, I really, I really like Aunt Caroline. Like I'm, I'm really drawn to her. And I would think that if you, if you're a reader, you know, you could probably petition her to help you get clients or something, you know? Yeah. She's kind of bringing yeah. clients. Yeah. yeah. Aunt Caroline, was one of the, oh, I should say, one of the people in the spiritual church. Uh, uh -huh. Yeah, she was one of the big people. And they did, you know, the thing about her was that she was like Blackhawk. She was, she was, she was just a, a certain person where she was like Blackhawk and Miss Island and the mm -hmm. rest of them. She was a she was a big person. She was a big reader, a big reader, and nobody dare come against her or question her. 
Wow. Uh, Aunt Caroline was a was a definitely powerful reader. She was a powerful reader, and nobody played games with her. Nobody mm-hmm. did. Nobody did. She was a person with people. Well, they even to today uh, in the spiritual church. They talk about her, and in some spiritual churches they do certain things for her, but there are certain people in those churches which have to give her allegiance. Why? Because Mm. Aunt Caroline really was the person. She was a good reader, a very, very good and powerful reader. A powerful reader. It says it. Well, I know. Well, well, I know she was that. I know she was that. She was a good one, a really good one. Mm. All right. Anything else? Um. Well, I don't know if we're. Um. When you want to stop me, there's there's uh there's definitely okay, yeah. you know some more yeah. cars that if we're at a stopping point now or whatever you wanted to do, Papa. Yeah, well, we better, we better stop. We better stop. Mm-hmm. This is the one. We are, isn't that, well, let's see. And Caroline is number 10, yeah. We better stop. And, you know, it was good. It was good. But I tell you what, let's come back Thursday. Thursday at 7 o'clock Central Center Time. We'll be here. To do the to do the exact same thing, and this time, this time we'll start with Doctor Buzzard. Doctor Buzzard, I'll start off good with us because this is really part of history which we don't know, and which well, well there are those that know it but don't understand it. Don't understand it. So we will try with everybody. Everybody use them. And I'll say, well thank you, you know, uh, Madam LaRue. And I look for you next Thursday. I look for you Thursday, okay, Madam LaRue? Yes, I'll be here, Papa. Thank you. Okay, that's good. All right, Madam LaRue will be here Thursday, next Thursday, at 7 p.m. It's our time. 7 p.m., Madam LaRue, here on the Hoodoo Tarot, where on Block Talk Radio. And don't you forget, don't you forget, well, let's play some some music before we go, okay? All right.
There's also a family member. Uh, you have a cousin or somebody that's 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 really ill right now and needs some help. Okay. Um, I got it. I got it. I have an idea. I have an idea. I don't know for sure. Yeah, that person who you have an idea about, they're going to be reaching out to you for help. Okay. Okay. What do I do? What do I do? Because I'm sorry, go ahead. I can't hear you. I've taken her in. If this is the lady that you're talking about, she's about 20 years uh-huh. old, 21. Yep. And I've taken her in three times, and she has mm-hmm. disappointed me each time. I know she has. That's why she okay. came through, because she's going to be reaching out again. And you can only do, this is the thing, you can only do what you're led to do. Because you have mm-hmm. been burned by her, and you have and you have extended yourself over and over again. And it's caused so much stress by mm-hmm. you trying to help her and her and her just throwing it back in your face. At this point, you can only do what you can do, and don't put no more pressure on yourself than you're led to do for her. Okay. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's see what else. Uh, you got an old dog. I do have a chihuahua that's probably about five years old. Yeah, you got that old dog. And Mm -hmm. that old dog, what's wrong with its uh, its tail, its its bottom part? I haven't noticed it. There's something going on with that old dog, so you may want to take him to go get checked out. Okay. I'm, I'm, I don't know if it's something in, in, in the intestines of the dog, but it's, it's something in the intestines or stomach area. Okay. Have you know Have you noticed anything different with how he's going to the bathroom? No. Um, I just know that he's aging. I've had I've you know mm-hmm. he's out of a fourteenth litter, and I am around my grandkids a lot. I don't know if, mm-hmm. you know, I know that they pick at him a lot and he have had, they have made him fall down a couple times playing mm-hmm. rough with him. Yep. So. And and something, something's going on, I think, internally with that dog. So okay. go, go if, if you, you may start to see in a couple, in a, maybe a two weeks or so, you're going to see some problems with him. Because he's an old dog, you know, so you may want to get that looked into. Um, okay. Let's see what else. Uh, hmm. Now you got in your living room. In your living room, you got long curtains on the window, right? That go all the way to the floor. Yes, ma'am. Is that it? okay? So in that living room with them long curtains that go all the way to the floor, you got something over there on the floor. Is it a um? It's some kind of pot or plant or something over there. Um, I, I, yeah, I think it's like a plant. It's like a maybe a plant or something like that. Uh huh. I, I don't. Okay. I'm sta- I'm staying at my daughter's a lot of times, uh-huh. and so I haven't really 
I haven't really been to my house uh, within the last year other than just going in and looking around and stuff like that. Um, But I do believe that it is something over there. I know I have like a... There is. Okay. There is. Go, go, and it's by where the long curtains are to go down to the floor, right? Yes, ma'am. You're talking about that part? Uh-huh. Okay, tell me what you're picking up because I'm picking up something over there too. Uh, I have, like, some elephants over there um, by my TV. Uh-huh. It's by my TV. Uh-huh. I have some porcelain elephants with the nose turned up. I have a book, a little basket there that you can put, like, newspapers in, but I have some books in there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. What I would recommend you do is put some salt over there because there's something over there. Can you tell me about what you feel or do you feel something over there? I haven't noticed. I haven't really noticed. Okay. Okay. So they're over by where those long curtains are, because I can see them, they go down to the floor, put some salt over there. Just just throw a little salt over there. Okay. 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 Now, mm-hmm. um, the, the other thing is um, you're kind of in a, I, I feel a heaviness on you. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I feel a heaviness on you in your spirit. And I know yeah. you're... Like there's there's a weight on you. I I, I feel it. And yeah. the only thing I can tell you at this point, because there's a lot of things that's going on, the only thing I can tell you is to just to keep doing what you're doing. Keep praying, and and uh, and keep, and keep knowing that you are going to come through this. Okay. You are going to come through this. But you gotta just you just gotta hold the faith. You gotta hold the faith because you're being tested right now. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. You're you're really being you're really being tested on every level on every level. Yes. And I know I know it's hard because I feel it on you. I know it's hard and I know it's like it's everything coming in at one time ripping you apart. But you're gonna, yeah. you're just gonna have to. You, I know, honey. You're just gonna have to trust God. You're just gonna have to trust Him. Because yeah. did He, did He, when you, okay, so there, I'm picking up that you, did He lead you? Were you sitting on the bed a few nights ago or a week ago, and He led you to a scripture? You were reading, a, yeah. were you reading the Bible, and He led, He led you to a certain scripture, right? Yes. Okay. That scripture that he led you, he he read he led you to you got to read that every night, and you know the one I'm talking about. Yes. Okay, you got to read that one every night and just hold on, and just hold on. Now, are you you're married? You're, are you married? No, I'm divorced. Um, I've been divorced? divorced for yes for last past. Three, four years now. Is there? I'm picking up a man that's kind of circling around you, a little bit. Yes. Uh huh. Uh, why? So, what's wrong with him? He seems like he's sincere. Okay, it's a friend of mine that uh-huh. I am kind of. 
confused about the relationship because he's not so much of a talker or affectionate. Um, So we talk on some things and it's so surface. So I have questioned it several times, and he does say Mm -hmm. that he does want the relationship. I was a little bit... Um, struggling with whether he's, you know, he says he wants a committed relationship, but mm-hmm. I was kind of doubtful about it because of his job. Um, he works he's around the, a lot of the, females. He works a lot of around a lot of females. Is he on the road a lot? Is no, he, like travel he for his job. Okay. No, he's a counselor in mental health. And okay. there is a particular woman that I have some concerns about that he says that is totally work-related. She, she's a light-skinned one? She's light-skinned? She's brown-skinned, fair-skinned. Who's, this, who, who's the tall? There's a, there's a, I don't know if you know all the women he works with. Who's the, 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 the thin-framed light-skinned girl? You know of one that looks like that? I know of a tall, well, I don't know her, but Uh I've I've seen a picture, and I think it's his daughter's Uh mom. You think it's his who? His daughter's mom, mother, but they don't work together. But I think that they have some things in common. I think she's a social worker and he's a counselor. He's a mental health counselor. Is there because I was able to pick her up? Is there any possibility that you think he's still dealing with her? Because I'm getting the light skin, the light skin one, not the dark, not the brown skin one. Well, I they communicate to my understanding only on the mm-hmm. the basis of the daughter. Mm-hmm. He has a 12 year old daughter by her, and I think that she they communicate on that level. Uh, I do. Okay. He has shared with me some points about her thinking that she can control. I don't mm-hmm. know about any other. I, you know, because um, he's not from here, um, mm-hmm. and so I think that well, he has shared some things with me that she feels because of the child that she can control a lot of areas of his life. Um. But if there's anyone else, I have not had any revelation about her um, mm-hmm. being light-skinned. I know I've seen a picture of the mother who is light-skinned, uh, slim. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's the, the one. Other, okay. That's um, the one. That I, honestly, I, I, not to interrupt you, but she's the one that I saw clearly. The brown-skinned one. I, I'm not really picking up nothing with her. I'm, I picked up a light-skinned, thin, thin frame woman. So I think, okay. you know, I, what I'm picking up from this guy is that he does want a committed relationship with you, but you, but because you haven't, you haven't committed to that, you haven't told him that you really want that, that's why he's still kind of, you know, I, I, I won't say playing the field, 
but he's keeping his options open because he feels that you haven't made that commitment yet to him. You haven't said that to him either. Okay. Um, I have shed a light on it, but the thing is, is that I I don't know because of I have fallen back a little bit because, like you said, mm-hmm. I've got some other issues. I have a mother that mm-hmm. is not well. I have a father that's stepfather that's not well. I have a daughter mm-hmm. that um, is having a relapse of not being well, and I'm mm-hmm. a full time babysitter for her and that's mm-hmm. a lot on me because I have not had any type of social life I have my the home that you were talking about I don't even go home mm-hmm. uh, it's it's a lot it really is and I just and the scripture that you were talking about is that God had said to me and he and revealed it that he'll supply my every need and let not my heart be troubled. that's right uh-huh that's the one that is Keep the one. trusting in him. Yeah. That's that's the that's the message. That's the message. Because when Spirit showed me that he bought you, Spirit showed me, he said, I bought her to a scripture. I bought her right to the scripture, and that's what it is. So that's why I said you need to read that every night because that's why I said you're just going to have to trust. And I know you right. want to. I I know you're in a tough place right now, and I know you you you, you don't almost know every day to day what's gonna happen, and you're tired. You are so exhausted. You are so exhausted. I am. But you. Just, I am. I know you are. But you're just gonna have and, to just trust, and that's why he brought you to that scripture. He's gonna provide I, everything. Everything's gonna be provided. I, I'm in school for phlebotomy, and I'm right here at the mm-hmm. end of my class, and I'm asking God, I said, you didn't bring me this far for me not to successfully complete this program. I have a hard time concentrating on what I need to be concentrating on. So I'm asking God that when all of this stuff that's going on in the world and I return back to school, that I pass the two Mm -hmm. exams that I'm supposed to pass in order to move on. And that's wearing me down mentally because it's something that I've wanted, and he's given me a second chance at this. Um, the first time I was married and my husband and I were going through, my ex-husband and I were going through marital issues, and he stopped taking me to class because he wanted to be in control. So God gave me a second chance at this same class, mm-hmm. and I'm right here at the door, and I've I've successfully passed everything. And I have exam coming, my final exam coming up when I return back, and I have to know the the blood samples and which departments and which tubes they go in in order mm-hmm. to go on to clinicals. Mm-hmm. So I'm just asking him to, you know, as far as my memory is concerned, that he refreshes my remem- my remembrance and that everything that I've studied that. When I do return back to class, that he brings everything back to my remembrance that I need to know in order to successfully go on to my clinicals. And he will. He's doing all that stuff for you now, and he will do. He will continue to do it. But like, you're overthinking it a little too much. You just. Mm, I'm not saying you're. You're really overthinking it, and I know you sit up at night and your head goes around and around and around. And you gotta yes. like you gotta do what you got you gotta do what you gotta do, but you're you're driving yourself crazy 
you know, with all the details. You know, they say the devil's in the details. You just got to trust that he's going to pave the way and everything that needs to happen at the right time is going to fall into place. And and that's okay. that's why he brought you to that scripture. Just just keep that scripture in mind and say it every night. Say it every day, as many times as you need to. Because you're gonna think yourself out of this. You're gonna you're gonna think so much that it's it's gonna keep, mm. it's gonna make you sick. And you already like almost there because you're 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 putting extra stress where there don't need to I be. Am. You're just gonna have to trust. I am. I am. I'm really Yeah, am. I know. I know. Mm-hmm. Just, just, just trust it, okay? And he tells me that everything that is going on around me with the sickness of my family members, that everything really is going to be okay, you know. Everything is. is going to be okay. And like it you said, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm putting so much on me as far as the thinking part of it to mentally uh-huh. it is stressing me to yes you sickness are. I've lost uh-huh. I have lost at least thirty pounds and I was two seventy and I'm two forty now. Mhm. Yeah, and that's that's the worry that you're putting on yourself. Yes. That's that's the worry. So all we we don't right. All right, all right. We have heard from Madame Maru, the Hoodoo Table. We have heard from her. Well, I have to I have to say I'm I'm sure I'm happy for all of you being here. I'm happy that you came and you sat with us and did dealt with us there. Well, all I have to do is say the, the best thing that you can do is just use God. God will take care of you no matter what a person says. And most of all, remember, God loves you, and so do I.